Hey, yo, what's up, world? It's your boy, Basir Brown, and you tuned in to another episode of Midwest State of Mind. Um, Man, I kind of want to get into a little more of a serious topic today. Um, We're going to talk about physical and emotional mental health. We're dealing with the loss of a loved one. You know, we kind of go through this thing when we're dealing with mortality. You know, people die. People are born, they live, they die. And we know that at the end of the day, no matter what race, color, gender, cultural, whatever, that's the one thing we all connected by. That's a constant. We all going to die one day. And, you know, people grieve in so many ways. People, you know, go through those ups and downs through the grieval process. You know, they say it's different steps and you know, how you can handle it and all that, but you never could tell somebody how to deal with the loss of a loved one, um, especially when it's specific type connections with those ones, you know, whether it was a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a cousin, you know, a best friend, you know, it, it's just the relationship and the nature of the, rela- uh, of, of the individuals has impact, you know, on people and how they grieve in so many ways. Um, for me, you know, I've lost people that I was close to. I lost people that meant something to me. You know, not just a family member getting old or, you know, you know, through natural causes, whatever that means, or, you know, just dying in old age. But, you know, through cancer and, you know, homicide and, you know, and death in so many ways. And, you know, we all deal with it in a certain way. I remember um, when my aunt passed, my aunt Joe. Um, one of my mama's older sisters. And, um, you know, it was such a devastating blow to our family because she was such a, 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 a hell of a force in the family. She was so energetic and, you know, outspoken and fun. And, you know, she was the cool aunt, man. Everybody just enjoyed her company. She loved to party. And, you know, everybody just had that relationship. And I remember, you know, attending her, service um when she passed and I told myself you know after that I'd never go to another funeral again you know I just hate having to go through that process of not only me grieving myself but watching everybody around me grieve in their way you know the tears and the the stories and things like that and I and I understand that in certain instances and cultures it's supposed to be a celebration of life when people pass you know but I I just dealt with so much of myself that I just didn't even want to attend a service anymore and just wanted to be in that place because I needed just to find my own space to grieve. Um, And it wasn't until my cousin passed um, this uh, past year um, where I even walked into a church at a funeral. And and it was hard. I struggled with it. I battled with it. I went to work that day and hours was going by and I talked to a friend of mine. He was just like, man, just go, you know what I'm saying? Don't do it, don't, if you can't do it for you, do it for them. Do it for the family, you know, say goodbye one last time to your loved one. And, you know, I don't understand that. He spoke words to me and I did that, but it was just so hard, you know what I mean? But I went, you know what I mean? I said goodbye to my cousin again and we just celebrated his his birthday, you know, a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, I went out to his, his gravesite, man. And, 
just had some words with him, you know, and I told myself that, you know, no matter what, that relationship will still live on and do me with my cousin. I could talk to him, you know what I'm saying? I could tell him about my day, tell him what's going on, man. Still feel that connection because I think that's what it's really about. It's about connection. You know, it's about a connection between one another and, and, and what that person did and how they impact your life throughout the time that you had with them. So, you know, we're going we gonna to get into a lot more. Um, we'll take a quick little break, let y'all hear some music. Um, and hopefully, you know, when we come back, man, you'll be joined by, you know, a few people who kind of talk about things and get a perspective on it and, you know, just keep listening. You know what I'm saying? It's Midwest State of Mind. Peace. Hey, yo, what's up, y'all? It's Basir. I'm back with Midwest State of Mind. Um, you know, we left off uh, talking about grieving. We talking about the loss of a loved one. And uh, like I said before, uh, we'll be joined by a few people, man. I got a couple of my guys here um, to kind of talk about a little bit of this stage of, of process that we go through grieving and dealing with a loss loved one and um you know the effects of it and and then talk about steps of how we can help each other heal and how can we go day to day with you know uplifting ourselves and uplifting the family to you know get get over the loss not never forget but to to get back to our regular lives man knowing that why they was there the relationships that we had impact us in a in a big way and then those memories those experiences can help build for the next generation like i said before you know i want to help bridge that gap between young and old and um so people can understand how to deal with this in so many ways man we go through so much of these young people out on the street um constantly killing each other and you know you turn on the news station it's another death and we understand that we know that that's a constant thing that's happened but what we don't understand and what we don't do is we find a way to reach these young people. We find a way to grab home to them and tell them, man, it's a better way. And I know this is a uh, what sounds like a broken record because generations of the old's been saying this to the generations of the new for so long. But eventually somebody got to wake up and really put out there. What is there we need to do? We need to find the steps. It has to be not only the conversations, but it has to be the actual process and steps that we go through. Because if we're not doing that, then what's the point? What's the point of keep having a conversation? I remember hearing, you know, on a lot of different interviews and podcasts that I listen to myself, uh, people talking about, you know, marches and, you know, standing up for one another. You can do that so many times. Eventually... Somebody got to do something about it. You know what I mean? We can't just march. We have to find a plan. We have to find and execute something that's going to wake these young people up and old people up as well to see each side so we can find a way. So I'm going to let these brothers introduce themselves and man, then we're going to get into a little bit to this conversation. So man, I'm, uh, my name is Green. Everybody know me as Kareem. Little Russell, man. Yes, sir. So this, this like I said, so these my, my my cousins, man, but I call them my brothers, man. Uh, Reem and Russ, man. Um, like I talked about before in the earlier segment, um, my cousin that I talked about, his name was Dre. Um, we all called him Buck, his nickname in the hood. And uh, Russ is this is his big brother. And uh, Reem, um, Reem, uh, for for a few years now has been dealing with the loss of his mother. And um, sweet lady, and uh, 
you know, I wanted them to kind of give a little bit of their perspective on how they deal with it, um, how they continue to deal with it. And also, you know, steps and things that they learned along the way, you know, to kind of, you know, get past the stages of hurt. Because we know every time we lose a person, we deal with hurt. That's our first thing is hurt, it's hurt, it's hurt, it's pain. And in order to start walking into a new light, we have to get past that hurt and that pain. So, you know, I'm going to start with my uh, my bro, Reem, because um, he was impacted, you know, recently by, like I said, the death of his mother. And, uh, you know, I wanted to say, Reem, man, um, you know, for one, how how did that initial emotion come about? You know, what, what was the initial feeling when you heard the news that, you know, your mother had passed? Well, I mean, it was kind of different because... Before that, it wasn't just sudden because we was helping take care of her. So we seen her her gradually, you know, fading. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a shock of initially it just like, you know, it's just all of a sudden it just happened. It was more of, so this is when it's happening. Mm. You know? Right. And so that initial shock of it and I mean I, I, you you can't I don't think you can put that in the you can't describe that feeling I think it's a couple of the feelings you probably can't describe is the loss of a, 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 of, a, of a of a parent or a loss of a child hmm. Hmm. you know those, those you know you also you know it's also another feeling of you losing somebody that's close to you, like a sibling, but that that's undes that's indescribable because yo always is gonna be here, ain't right. here no more. Right, right, you right. Know? And so, and, and yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's a that you know what? That's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, when you think about a parent, you think that that's that's the person that's going to be here forever. You know, and we, and we understand we get older, they get older, but we always look at our parents as Superman, Superwoman. Mm -hmm. They're going to live forever. Right. So, so I get it. Losing that person is, is you're right, it's indescribable because it's, it's, it's like my Superwoman not here no more. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I deal with that? Who I go talk to? Who do I go find to, 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 to get me in line? You know, mm -hmm. especially when it's a son dealing with a mother. I mean, we where we come from in the hood. Grew up in the, you know, the, the gritty streets. We know that majority of us and who we know and the friends and neighbors around us, they stay mamas in the house. The mamas ran the neighborhoods, the right. blocks. The grandmamas, they the ones that watched out for everybody. Right. They made sure that everybody was safe in the, in, in the hood. That's so, true. yeah, when you lose that person in the, in, in the community, yeah, it's definitely a devastating blow. And it's definitely probably like tough for cats that's like, that's locked up. And they mama at some point, and every point is the only one riding it out with them. Right. And then you wind up losing that person. You right. So that's another total different kind of kind of you know kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so you know when you know when um you know she passed and you know y'all had to you know plan everything, get the funeral things together, you know. Walk, walk, walk the people through, you know, not only your part and, you know, the things you had to do, 
you know, and you needed to do or wanted to do for your mom, but what type of strength you had to gather to go through that process mm. while you know that you have to bury your mother? That's basically to describe it in a sense is really you using that strength that she taught you mm. in order to get through what you got to get through because of her. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that it's 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 more of it's, it's more of a of of a reaffirming mm. of the type of person mm. that raised you. Mm. And also a testament of the type of person that you are, if you are able to get through something like that. Now all people was made different too, because you got some people who probably did, did it be in that same situation and next thing you know they can't handle it no more. Mm -hmm. They either kill themselves or go out and do something crazy, get deep off up in the dope and drugs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so some people use that as as strength. Other people, you know, use that as, you know, not so much of an excuse, but mm -hmm. That, trying to escape, yeah, basically. It's, a, it's yeah. more of a, it's a, it's, it's a temporary escape. Right. That whole initial, you, you, I guess the the realization of it kick in because you gotta know that this day is gonna come, whether it's tomorrow, a few days down the line. You gonna have to, you and your family, your your brothers and sisters, gonna have to get up in here and get rid of uh and and, and pack all her stuff up. Mm. Mm. Right. Right. You got to pack all that stuff up. Right. And let alone, you got to do it and remain in the house that she passed away in. Right. And so that that constant loop in your mind is still there. But at the same time, you know, ain't nobody else going to do it for us. Right. So we got to do it. Got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. It almost... It almost forces you to have to deal with it no matter what. No matter what. Because you, like you said, it who else is gonna step up and do what needs to actually be done for their parent but the children. That's you know? And, and 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 gathering that different type of strength. And you know what? And, and and as you say that, you know, going to her house and packing up her stuff, it, it almost seems like it comes another wave of Letting her go because you know mm -hmm. this stuff has to go. Mm -hmm. It can't be there anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we look at it when we cleaning up our house and things like that. We just getting rid of stuff. We throwing it away. Mm -hmm. and, and and to a certain extent, it's like this is what you're doing. But we can't look at it, think about it like that. Because it's almost like you, I'm throwing away my mom. Right. You're throwing I'm throwing the pieces of her away. That's why you only want to do it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's tough. That's Man, that's tough. I never really... Really kind of thought about it like that till you just said that, man. And, you know, we we sit there and uh, we look at the next person when they lost somebody. Mm -hmm. And I, I've noticed a lot of people try to find strength. You know, you always have somebody uh, in the family that seem like they have to be the, mm -hmm. the, the totem to the strength mm -hmm. of the family. They have to be the one that no matter what stands firm because 
they have to help everybody else stay stay afloat. And so you you feel like, you know, whether you're the oldest sibling, the youngest sibling in the middle, you know, you're the uncle, the auntie, it's somebody that seems like it has to be who no matter what, they can't grieve the way that everybody else is because they can't seem weak. They can't seem to show, you know, that, well, if I break down, then I know the family really going to break down because they, they hold me to the standard to be the person to stand firm and, and make sure that they able to grieve in their own way at peace. And then once that's done and you're sitting alone in your room, in your car by yourself, you can have your time. Did any time through that process, you and your siblings and family members, did you ever notice that it was a person like that in your family or were you that person in your family? I can't, I can't speak on them, but for me, it's, for me, because I, it, it was a, it was always a, 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 um, a developed method. I always was came, I came up with through all the struggle, the, through all the struggle and the, the 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 bad shit, the worst shit, and all that shit. In order to deal with the hurt and the pain and the let down and talked abouts and all of that shit. A tool that I would that that I developed was suppression. Mm. Mm. Was thought suppression. Right. So I, it's not so much as like you don't you don't forget about it, but you don't bring the baggage of the emotions along with it. Right. Mm. You know you set that you set it to the side and then you move on and deal with other things and only then at times when you by yourself you might wind up opening up but at the same time. You know, that's how you deal with 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 the pain, with pain personal. That's how I dealt with it. Right. Is is, and I still got. I haven't still fully grieved yet. Mm. You know, I got my stages. Right. You know what I'm saying? Every day is different stages and shit like that. So, you know know what? That's 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 some man. That's interesting to hear, Um, because like I said and talked before, you know, people have their different stages and steps and, you know, and a lot of that comes with culture. A lot of that comes from culture and how you grew up in the type of household you grew up, the type of body you grew up around. Us as black men, you know, we always been faced with this certain type of way of dealing with hurt and pain. Now, because we're talking about the topic of grieving, of loss of someone, it's still hurt and pain. So whether it's somebody going to jail, still hurting pain. Whether it's somebody dying, it's hurting pain. Whether it's somebody, um, you know, uh, having a you know a fight with another family member, whatever it is, at the core of it, still hurting pain. And what we're taught, what's out always seen and 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 out amongst friends and family in the neighborhood, we black men is always taught to suppress that pain some way, somehow, isolate it, put it in a box, suck it up. The no cry thing. Men don't cry. We hear this all the time. Everybody say it. It's a it's a big thing in the black community. But it's to me, it seems so wrong. Mm-hmm. And why it seems so wrong is because no matter what we go through, hurt and pain will always be a part of our experiences. And if we're not ever dealing with that hurt and pain, how do we ever know that we can come up and triumph over something that's bad in our lives. How can we say we walked to the mountain, got to the top, 
we defeated something. We 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 got through. We got past. I mean, just because you do well on a test in school or you graduate or you you know get a promotion at your job, you you know those are those are accomplishments. But where's defeats? Where where do we say we defeated this thing? Where do we say we beat the devil in his progress to try to get us down? We have to find something and find steps and tools to get past that. Black men don't cry, shouldn't cry. We shouldn't we shouldn't be hurt. We should be strong. We need to wipe them tears. We we gotta be strong for the family. I feel like that to a certain extent do a disservice for us. Because not enough of us can sit down and have conversations like this and know that no matter what, the environment you come from, the past that you have, the experiences, the problems, the the hurt, the pain that you go through, man, you still have a brother in me that can recognize it and man, we can find a way to help each other build and grow. Because guess what? Somewhere down the line, we all eventually end up with somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's cousin, somebody's mother. And what do we do? How are we as black men when we look at our black queens and we bring them to into our lives, into our experience? And the whole time we're holding and suppressing all this emotional pain that we've never never dealt with and then in the wrong place at the wrong time that comes out but that end up coming out on her coming out on our kids that she give us we have to really think about that and really be mindful of that and try to stop what seems like is a thing in our community and and, and, and to a point a trend in the new generation because you have no respect these young boys have no respect for that you see more and more of them disrespecting their mothers, disrespecting their sisters, disrespecting their cousins. And it's like, why? Because of that emotional pain, that hurt that they were taught by the, 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 the older generation of males before them who told them this is how they supposed to act. When you hurt, when you in pain, you bottle that shit up. No, you don't talk about it. You don't bring that out there. You don't make yourself vulnerable to, 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 to get help. No, bottle that shit up. And I think we need to kind of find a way to get past that we need to find a way to fix that it's a process it takes time but mm-hmm. i believe we have the that the, the um the tools you know what i mean we just need to put them out there we need to talk some talk about them amongst each other and we need to talk about it, it to the people so that everybody can say you know what i got an idea man you know what i could add to this man you know what and i tried that that actually worked for me and then i told my brother i told my cousin i told my my neighbor i told my teacher right. and, and 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 it's reaching to the world you know so man that's 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 good stuff man because i um i never thought about it in that way so um Again, we, we, we joined by my, my man, Reen, my man, Russ. I'm going to talk a little bit to my man, Russ, man. And um, my brother, Russ, man, I, I talked about it before. My cousin, Dre, who passed, man, this is his older brother. And, uh, uh, you know, I want to talk to him a little bit about it. Uh, we lost him uh, again this past year um, about six months ago. And um, so for us is, uh, as a family, it's still fresh. It's still, it's the hurt is still fresh. It's still new. It's still, you know, still touching a lot of us. And as I said before, just a, f- a few days ago, we uh, celebrated his birthday. He would have been 35 years old. Um, my cousin was murdered um, over some petty bullshit. And when I mean petty, 
the guy who took my cousin's life um, disliked him. He simply disliked them because they had a disagreement about music. They had a disagreement about a specific artist that the guy liked that my cousin didn't, and he disagreed with him. They had an argument, and it, and it turned deadly. But the crazy part is, yeah, it was it was it was it, it was an argument about that. But when you look under the surface, and 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 you you really look at the things we deal with emotionally and the hurt as men, like we just talked about. The brother was dealing with some more emotional and, and mental things that was going on with him that led him to doing what he did to my cousin. Because my cousin was a good dude. Like, he really was. He wasn't no hell of a, you know, hood nigga. He wasn't all in the streets and things like that. Man, that man worked. He took care of his son. He stayed out the way. He was about love. He was about family. He was about being around his people and having a good time. He'd get off of work. He'd have a drink, chill, hang out with his buddies. You know, his family members. That's what my cousin was about, man. So it ain't no discrepancy about, oh, well, maybe he did his No, my cousin was that type of guy. And everybody know that. The law knew that, man. My cousin well, ain't had no crazy record. He was just a good dude. And they had this disagreement. And it was drinking involved and all that. And we could say that was a factor. But at the end of the day, man, to get to a point where a person taking your life about a disagreement because of some damn music, man, it obviously we know that that's more... In the play, like I said, the mental health problems that a lot of people have that suppress and hold and isolate and they don't deal with in its totality. So, you know, Russ, um, you were with Cuz earlier that day when he got off of work. Yeah. Um, and... It's crazy though, but yeah, go ahead. What you know when when you was with him earlier that day, you know before everything happened. Um, what did the day seem like? What did what, what what did it seem like between you and your brother? Like what was the what was what was the that that day seem like? It, it's it, it's crazy though, you hear me? Because it's like I wake up right, you know what I mean. We had moved from over uh, where we were staying at over there on, on staff, right? Bro had a chip that was. Around the corner from Tad. You know what I mean? So I ain't heard from my brother in like two, three days. So that day, I'm like, let me go check my brother up. So I go, I go where you living at, um, off Byron Center, whatever. His car, the car ain't there. So I go back on Tad, you know what I mean? And I'm sitting. Bro, pull up. Like, you know, he, he pull up beating. He, he got his motherfucking music pumping all that shit. And he didn't even know I was there. So when he jumped out the car, he getting back to everybody else. Who, who, he see me, like, oh, what up, bro? What's up? You know what I mean? Like, man, bro, I swear, like, the whole situation, it was a good vibe, for real, to me. You know what I mean? It was a good vibe, considering that me and the motherfucker that was there, around, in the cycle, I had a problem with. Bro knew that. Bro had a problem with him too. Probably because of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Every, you know what I mean? Everything was good. You know what I mean? We watched the little kids play basketball and all that shit. It was just, you know what I mean? It was a good vibe for, for the most part. For the most part, you know what I mean? It was a good vibe. Me, myself, bro. I feel my brother knew something that I, that he didn't. 
least to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because like the last probably like two hours during that day, he just kept on saying, I love you, bro. You think you know me. I love you, though. Mm. He, he was, he was, uh, once again, he, like I said, he was, uh, he was staring with a chick over around that way. And, uh, he talked to me, you know what I mean? And he's like, man, I want to do this, but I don't, I don't want to do it. Like, leave her alone completely, you know what I mean? He's like, bro, what do you think I should do? I said, shit. You already promised you were going to take her out to eat Friday. I mean, Saturday, Sunday. So keep on doing that. And then let her know how you feel about what's been going on at that situation. With, you know what I mean? With them. Right. So he's like, damn, that is dope. Man, that's dope. You think you know. Hmm. I love you, bro. I'm like, oh, I love you too. Like, oh, bro, I love you. He put them big paws on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know, he got the big hands like, like my uncle. You know what I mean? I'm like, bro, come on, bro. I love you too. He's like, let's go down. But yeah. The whole vibe, for real, though, was, it was. So, you know, hearing that. It's so crazy because me and you had talked mm-hmm. and I had told you, you know, just the day before and also that day I talked to him as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was saying, you know, Your what's up? Yeah, brother my brother did too. And he was saying, you know, what's up, cuz? Let's link up and all this and that. And, um, you know, that was the plan for most of us to get together later on that day, you know, and, you know, that's interesting that you said that, you know, you felt that he... It was something in there because he kept saying certain things to you that you know normally he wouldn't constantly say to you back to back the way he did. Do you think that that was him thinking about his mortality or him just simply probably coming into a space as a man saying, you know what, let me express myself more and more to not only my brother, but to the men around me because we need that because we do know and we can agree that Dre was on that level. He was always... Wanting everybody to be in a good place and link up and and, and talk and kick it and hang out and be amongst each other. So what do you think that really was? Do you think that was something he thought maybe could have been his demise? Or do you think that, you know, this was just him getting into a new level of his life as a man? I think think it was his demise. Mm -hmm. And I say that as because... Like, uh, like, I'm going to break it all down to you, I'm like, ah, damn, like, you know what I mean? Shit. I was, I was, I was looking for a job, right? Probably like a week before that, right? And I got, I got a phone. I'm getting on the motherfucking, uh, brother, the bus, right? You go home to my spot, man. When I get home, my phone gone. So I'm like, it got to be at the bus that where I was at. So I had my uncle. Take me right back to the bumpo stop I was at, right? While he he on the other side, when he when he do a donut in the middle of the street, he ran out my phone. Hmm. This 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 is my phone. I got my brother. We friends on Facebook on that type of shit. You know hmm. what I mean on that phone. He cracked it. So now it's three days before I even see the motherfucker shit that he had posted. My brother, what he had posted, like I made another week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I ain't see that. Because I would have seen it if I had that phone. Mm-hmm. But it's cracked. Right. Everything. You know what I mean? So I can I can get to that. So when he when he died, 
we all at uh we all at uh the house, you know what I mean? And one of my baby mamas was like, Yeah, just say he made another week, he can't even make another week. I don't know what they talking about because I don't got that phone, I ain't get that. You know what I mean? Mm. So something like that. If I would have knew that, I would have been hollering at my bro, like, what you talking about, bro? What you, come on, right. what you mean by that? But I ain't get that then. Right. So almost it was like he felt it was a lot of yeah. shit in the air. Yeah. And he was just trying to get week to week, man. Just yeah, trying to it. get get in a better situation environment. You know, when 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 we got the call, mm-hmm. you know that this has happened to him, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we out there mm-hmm. um, where it happened, and you know the police and everything, and we trying to get information. You know what families do. You know when things happen, and uh, I remember, and 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 it, and it, and it probably stick with me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, where I stood. Where I was, I was maybe less than 10 feet from his body, mm. from a yellow tape the police put up. Um, I stood in that place, in that same spot, almost like a statue. Didn't say nothing to nobody, didn't speak to nobody, and I just Shit, stared. Cousin, I man. stared at my cousin's body on the ground with a white sheet over him for six hours before they finally came and got him off that ground. And... At first, I didn't know why I just stood there. I don't know why I didn't say nothing to nobody. I didn't. I didn't even know if I was even dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And but I do remember saying to myself, talking mm-hmm. to what I felt like I was talking to my cousin was, "I'm not leaving you. Right. I'm gonna be here until they they get you. I'm not leaving you, cause I remember saying that over and over. And I think this is my this might be my second time ever even saying, that saying that out loud and um expressing that because again we talk about grieving we talk about losing loved one do we ever really talk about what we go through and how it can help the next person you know i had to deal with that and i was just a cousin you his brother so i get the emotions and the feelings it's a different connection like i said again but what i had to do is what helped me as opposed to what you had to do and what helped you but it's still the shock. It's still the pain. You know, it's still there. You're still dealing with it in so many ways. It never goes away because, like you said, like we said before, and we all agree, you never really know how to deal with losing a person that you expected to be there in, in, in whatever way, in whatever capacity. You know, and I find myself always thinking, you know, how... Now, how do we get to this place? How do what do we deal with? What do we what we get through? Because for you, Russ, you know, me and you had conversations, and I, you know, and you you disappear for a couple of days, and I'm cut where you at, what you are doing? I'm I'm, I'm 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 trying to find you because I'm trying to stay close to you because I don't know what your grieving process is, but I don't want it to be something that's gonna harm yourself, harm somebody else because we need you here. We need you here. Your family needs you here. Your sister, your mom, your dad, everybody still needs you here because of the devastating loss we had. So when you was disappearing, basically, mm-hmm. what was going on? What was you going through? What, 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 were, what was you doing to help you get from one day to the next? See, with me, i always been like to myself, you know what I mean? Like, because I don't want 
what I'm going through to drag on to somebody else, you know what I mean? So I like being by myself. But at, however, at that time and all, you know what I mean? I had a brother, you know what I mean? Like, that was, that was my, that's my brother, you know what I mean? Like, I swear to God, like, everything, I'm, I'm, it's like my son, you know what I'm saying? My, my kids, man, you know what I'm saying? So, I, and I might have, I might have, I might have went, went at it the wrong way with him because I was forcing him to do what, nigga, what I fucking do. And so he was like, he was always like standoffish with that. He didn't like that part, you know what I mean? So that's why we, you know what I mean? He didn't go off and try to make his own team, make his own block, all that because he like, oh, don't give me that. Everybody got their path. I'm doing it this way, you doing it that way. Just show me the game, that how you did it. Right. You know what I mean? Then let me, let, let me soak that in. And then let me do how I do it. Right. You know what I mean? So how how I dealt with it, I dealt I dealt with it like the same thing how I go with life, you know what I mean? Like I don't I don't deal with too many people, you know what I mean? I, I stay to myself really mainly. You know what I mean? And you know what I'm saying? Then when I do and that that might be a bad thing too, you know what I mean? Because when I do it like that, I can't it's it saying standoffish stand to a motherfucker that don't even know me. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like they might think I'm gotta beef with them. I don't gotta be. I'm just in my zone. Like right. I do shit how I do shit. Like, right. You know what I mean? So that's how I always handle shit, bro. Like you know what I mean? And I'm, like I said, man, I, I'm still shot with the, the brother. Gun. This is my brother. Like I got. Uh, right. Look at pictures and little bit when I, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, man, that should be crazy, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I want to go back to when you were speaking, and you was like, uh, some, some to the fact of like, like you handle your shit, how you handle your shit with the situation, you right? Know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yeah, that, that's that's dope. It's crazy though. It's it's crazy and it's funny because he during like that whole towards the end of that that year, bro, he talked about True, talked about Jeffrey, talked about Nut, or the whole family. Like like it's like he seeing something. Like I told you, he was seeing something mm-hmm. that, that put me up on that game. Like, come on man, don't do it. Like put me up on that game. I remember one time, like when he had got when he passed, so I don't like saying he passed. He got killed. And that made me angry too. But anyway, my, our family came down here. We at the house, and, my, and I'm talking about the same shit I'm saying right now. He, she was like, "If you would have been there, you would have stopped it. Everything is for a reason, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Everything is for a reason." Right. If you would have been there, you would have stopped it. Now you prolonging the process. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, fuck what process? My brother I'm supposed to go? He 34. And he ain't did shit. Right. You know what I mean? He ain't supposed to go. You know what I mean? She like. He was stressing though. Mm. He was going through it with his baby mama. 
You know what I mean? Like, all he wanted was Junior. All he wanted was King. Right. He would have been in Dallas with Mama. Right. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. I don't know. So that's another that's another thing that's that's a good point that we can we can kind of spill on. When we talking to other other black men, brothers, cousins, family members, homeboys in the neighborhood, the one thing that I see that we always miss is if we feel we done notice something about who we talking to that something going on or some seem off it don't seem the same like they usually are. We had noticed that thing. We had think about things, but we won't say nothing. Because we always, you know, we were taught in so many ways coming up in the hood, you know, that's their problem. You know, that they got to deal with their shit. You know, I don't want to get in nobody's business. But really, is this getting in somebody's business if it's potentially saving their life? Because if, if like, 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 like we said about Dre, if we really would have paid attention about certain social media posts that he had, certain things he said in conversation about... Him, you know, making another week, you know, and this and like that. Could that have been him to a certain extent almost crying out to somebody to help, to talk to him, to see what he really going through? Problems with the baby mama, problems with work, problems with certain people. Like we always have been taught to so many ways to not get in other people's business because we not supposed to. Whatever is going on in our household is our household. We ain't in nobody else's That's shit. It's so taboo. But it's like, this is the what we need because this is help potentially save another life. If we can get past that, let's get past the masculinity. Let's think about the mentality. Somebody's over there hurting. I think I have a, a little bit of uh, knowledge about it. I, I got a little bit of you know information I could get to that person. Why not say nothing? If you really think that they might be hurt, if you know that person, if you really been around that person enough to see their character, their personality, and then something all of a sudden changes, mm-hmm. we should be able to say something. Let's look out. How can you call yourself my brother, my man's, you my dog? Day one, we loyal to each other. If you're not telling me or coming to me. If you feel that something going on with me and I and don't say nothing, at least drop a drill. At least something. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's getting in the conversation about something, whether it's group, so you won't feel like you attacking just mm-hmm. that person. Yeah, but you really just talking about what's going on, and hopefully they open up. You know, I want to, I want to get to that place, man. These are steps. These are things that we can get past mm-hmm. because we finding too many of these brothers around here losing their life, and some of it is so senseless. Other ones is, it's like unbelievable. Yeah. You know, obviously what's recently be going on in the world is the death of Kobe Bryant, the basketball player. He untimely died, him and his daughter and other people in the helicopter crash. Can I, can I say something about that? Yeah, go ahead, please. I was uh, just recently in Crossroads, right? So when I found out, no, I ain't think, man, yeah, right? It's the anime telling me, right? I'm like, man, get, man, get your goofy ass away from me. <laughs> so I go to the uh, CEO. He's like, yeah, this shit official. I'm like, what? So I go back to my motherfucker. What's in my table? Get my footwear. I'm pawning on that shit. But you know, you know, when you be in the King County, right? You got the, you got the, uh, uh, what you call the motherfucker that be passing the trades up? Trustees. Trustees, yeah. The trustees, the first thing they talk about, man, his wife got all the money. Man, that's crazy. She got all the money. I'm like, nigga, this nigga lost his life, man. 
and his daughter. Nigga, what you talking about? Right. Some money for my nigga. Right. Like, what? I'm, that fucked me up, my nigga. Right. Like, that, that, that's that's that, that type of mindset you're on right now. Right. Because, first and foremost, my nigga, he on a, he on a helicopter. Right. A helicopter. This ain't no plane. Right. A helicopter. Nigga, come on. That, that let me know, motherfucker. You, you might not wake up tomorrow. Right. So you got to relax. Right. But you talking about his wife getting all the money. Man, dude. And, and that's you know that's crazy, man. And and that that goes to show right now with what's going on in the world. What 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 we so man? What we so? What's the word I'm looking for, man? We so. I should have brought my motherfucking dictionary to this motherfucker. I guess <laughs> right. I guess I guess to certain ways it's disrespectful yeah, of yeah, the yeah. culture and of 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 knowledge, yeah. of understanding, of sympathy, empathy. Because Ooh, we sit the there, right? We sit there. People sit there. We sit there and talk about money and where the person go get and this and that. As opposed to man, somebody just lost a life. Somebody who was. Who was obviously important right. to a lot of people. Right. You know what I mean? He was a right. sports guy. He was a, a community activist. He, you know, so he was a father, a husband, a son. Right. He right. lost his life. His daughter lost his life. These other people that was on the helicopter lost their life. Right. And again, that's something that people are grieving with. More, no more worse than his family, obviously. So we sit there. And see social media posts and we see all these different tributes and all that. And in all that, which is wonderful, you know, me because some people need that help heal. We I still have to pose the question. What are we saying to the brothers? What are we saying to the black men, the sons, the the husbands, the the cousins, the brothers, the friends, the the, the teammates that he he impacted and touched their lives? What are we saying to them to help them deal with this in a way that's emotional and physical? Because guess what? No matter what you say, we still gotta wake up, walk out to the world, face every single thing. Reality. On, on as well as dealing with a loss of one of ours. That's that's important. You know, I've seen these interviews of, you know, the Shaqs and the LeBrons yeah. of the world and all these different people who were really friends and close to him and felt brother brotherhood with him. And my question would be, who's really talking to them? Who's really helping them heal as well as the family? Because guess what? They still got to get up every day and do their job. They still got to get up and feed their family. They still got to get up and deal with what's happening to the world. To happening to them in that loss, and then everything else they still gotta face. Look, look, look at this, bro. If you know Kobe as a, you know what I mean, we watch Kobe. You hear me? Mm-hmm. And he, he mimicked Jordan on the on the court. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's a he's a go getter. He, he's an assassin. So me thinking like that, I I'm thinking he's probably 80 percent like that in the world. Mm-hmm. It might be 95, you know what I mean? It might be 100, you know what I mean? It, that motherfucker, he, he didn't care about you reaching out to him. He reaching out to you. Mm. The new the new generation, he reaching out to Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. all them. Mm. You know what I mean? Durant, LeBron, Melo. That's serious. You know right. what I mean? D-Way, you know what I mean? He don't care what you giving him. He finna give back what he gave. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's why I be like, when, when when these little young niggas do shit, I be like, man, I blame your old head. Right. I don't blame y'all, I blame your old head. Yeah. 
That's you know what I'm I do too. I say that too. I say that a lot, man. I say you know it ain't it. Everything ain't always just on the young generation. It's on the old too. And and you know we have to find that gap. We have to find that bridge because yes, a lot of these young guys, you know they. They look at what they was taught. They learn experiences around them. So, you know, they just going off of what they know. And so, yeah, the blame ain't always on them. But then I got to all, then I got to be a devil's advocate. I don't just blame they OGs and they big homies. I blame us, the ones that ain't they big homies and OGs. Because no matter what we do, we still a community. Whether he on this block, he in that neighborhood, he go to that high school, we still all a community. We we all we got. We know they them young boys is facing the exact same stuff we facing. We just might be a little older. But we they, they still look like us. They still got to deal with the same scrutiny as us. So what we have to do is say, you know what? I can't just blame y'all OGs. I blame me because if I if I'm if I'm in front of you and I still can reach you and talk to you, that means I could breathe on you. I could give you some lessons. I could try to mentor you. We need more mentors. Mm. Then we need more people saying, you know what? I'm blaming them. I'm blaming them. No, let's blame us because I don't. I, I might live in an okay neighborhood. He might live in a bad neighborhood, but he got to walk through my neighborhood to get to his. Guess what? I can catch him on the street. What's up, young dog? What's up, young blood? You coming from school? What's going on? It don't matter, stranger or not. These young boys is going to face more as they get closer and closer to our ages and get older and, 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 and the police and dealing with the police and dealing with, you know, losing a friend and, you know, beefing in the hood and all that, all that stuff that we know and we experience, them boys is going through the same journey. You know what I mean? We have to find that way to, to bridge that gap and say, you know what? Nah, man, it's, it's going to be more out here for you. I'm going to help provide that outlet. I'm, I got to be something. I got to be something more than just somebody that's going to sit back and talk about it. You know, I want, I want to say this because I, I agree with you 100%, right? It's like, okay. I don't know. It might be like a personal thing. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to say might be personal. Right. I I get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I got We got we got to reach out to the motherfucking young niggas, whatever. But if we, however, if we come from where we came from, we just now getting these tools now right. to, to, to even reach out and do none of that, all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, it was a dirty, 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 dirty war. War when we was in the street when we were doing what we were doing. So we know, we got that mentality. Mm. You know what I mean? We got to go for what we know. Right. You know what I mean? It didn't want, it want to know. It's like the, uh, I'll put it with the rap game. When 50 came out, niggas was hot. He wanted to step in the game. So he coming at all y'all. It's a dirty, it's a dirty game. Right. We gotta come. Right. You know what I mean? Then I was I was on this type of tip, motherfucker, probably like 2000, 2001, right? And them little niggas won't listen to you unless you had 32 of them on this motherfucking car. Hmm. Unless you was dropping a bag on them. Right. You know what I mean? You can be their uncle, you can be their daddy, you can be their big cousin, all that. Man, I ain't even trying to hear what you're trying to say. Unless you pulling up on me on 32s <laughs> or with a bag. You right. know what I mean? So that mentality went like that because that generation before them showed them that. Right. It wasn't no teaching back then, pal. Right. It wasn't no teaching. Mm. It, it wasn't, wasn't no teaching because they, they going off C. 
Right. Yeah, you can say that shit, but you ain't putting up on me on no motherfucking tell you too. Right. Talking about. Yeah, but you know, you gotta be realistic. You can't say the world, so that too. You 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 can't say the world, so you gotta stop thinking of that. You can, and mm-hmm. more or less control your world mm-hmm. within you. Start with the little young guys that's in your family or they little friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. They have a grandchild and stuff instead of mm-hmm. you know because you say you. It's an attainable goal as opposed to it just being open ended, saying that you know we need to make a change and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. When you have those conversations in a more intimate setting with closer people that you with, mm-hmm. then you'll be they'll be able to you have more credibility. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, right. You reach, you reach what's in front of you. It's mm-hmm. gaugeable. Right. Right. You right. be that little guy that you see at the corner or whatever mm-hmm. all the time or hanging at the corner, hanging on the block or something like that and you right. got it within him to pull it to the side. If you don't like start within your right. little world as opposed to, you know, you, the, the overall Right, right, right. The overall yeah, 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 yeah. world. Right, the there. city, right, the right, yeah, trying to yeah, hit yeah. in high school. Right, right. Shorten your circle in order to see some kind of attainable progress. Right. 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 We hit a progress. Mm-hmm. Right. That's 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 true. So you know, you know, we get into these things, man. We're gonna continue to get into these things, man, man. But I just wanna thank both of you brothers, man, for just even talking a little bit about, you know, y'all journeys dealing with grieving. Dealing with lost ones, you know, dealing with, you know, how we get through this process, man, and how we deal with loss, man, because it happens around us. It's going to continue to happen around us. But as we continue to talk, have these conversations, we're going to find tools. We're going to find ways to help, like you said, our people, the people around us, things we can actually attain a goal that's immediate. Right. And from there, we could branch out and build something bigger for the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I agree with that hundred percent, man. Because we got to start somewhere, you know. Somewhere, and right. and 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 if it's the conversation, the conversation, and then it's the tools, it's the steps, and then we just implement the plan, you know. And I want and I and I want to say, you know, I'm always for that. I see you brothers for that, and we're gonna we're gonna continue to do that, man, and, and grow this process. And before we uh, start the segment, though, mm-hmm. I'll let you know this. I'm proud of you. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Because that's that what you're doing right now, that is that step. Mm-hmm. Talking about the real, you know what I mean? The real situation. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I remember uh, back in the day, motherfucker, man, uh, Clinton ain't in the hood. Right. Motherfucker, they ain't in the hood. Y'all just in the White House. Right. Like, we got shit going on down here. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, I feel like this is that. You speaking for the streets. Speaking for the inner city, whatever you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. speaking from out genuine love, right? No so doubt. Good. I appreciate that, man. And that's what we about, man. We that's what we doing in Midwest state of mind. We gonna, you know, we gonna create that conversation, man. Where, man, you can say what you want to say, man. You can feel how you want to feel. You can express what you want to express, man. We we not holding nothing back, man, because I think that authenticity it, it needs to be said. It needs to be held to a standard of. If we can't be real, we can't say what we want to say, we can't feel free to express, you know, what's going on in our minds and hearts, man, then what are we doing out here? You know, I, I, I don't want nobody to limit themselves, and I would never ask anybody to limit themselves. That's why I even started this podcast. That's why I even want to, you know, put this content out here because I'm a young black man from the inner city, grew up in the slums, 
you know, been through so many situations, seen it all, you know, and I'm trying to come out on the other side bigger and better. And uh, this is my way, my form. This is my voice. So, you know, I appreciate y'all. Um, sure, and sure. and I appreciate everybody. The new, the new drink champs, nigga. Yeah, <laughs> you, you right feel now. me? I, I am with you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. I appreciate y'all tuning in with me, man. Uh, listen to this segment, man. Like it, man. You can find me on uh, Facebook at Bossier Brown, Instagram at Bossier underscore Brown six fifty four. Um, check me out, man. Uh, hit hit up, hit me up, messages me, man. Tell me how y'all like it, and uh, expect the next episode soon, man. Peace.